Welcome back to the second hour of Love, Babs, Love Talk on Babs Girls. I am delighted because I get to have Professor Winston on this morning. And I, I met Professor Winston hanging out at uh, Hairs K over there in the, the Munson Triangle. That's where I go get my hair colored and cut. She's the captain of my glam squad. And so uh, I'm over there all the time. And so I met uh, Professor uh, Kears, uh I met Professor Winston over there uh, because uh, she was getting her hair done. Hey, uh, Dr. Keisha Winston, how are you? I'm fine, Babs. How are you? Fine. Are you Are you gonna stay off camera? <laughs> I am. I, I, I am. Because even though you just told everybody I got my hair done, it's it's I'm not representing the fabulous Miss K right now. <laughs> I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Because she is, she is the 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 leader of the glam squad. Yeah. I, listen, I know, I know. She, she, if she's if she's watching now or listening now, she'd be like, "That, come here, get your hair colored." I know yeah. her. She'll, and she'll send me like, "Why, why, Keisha? Why aren't you showing your hair?" She she'll send me a text, and I'll be like, "Okay, girl, I'm on my way." <laughs> so, how you doing? I'm fine. How are you this morning? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so delighted because when I met you in the salon. Uh, we were having a conversation about cannabinoids, which I, I don't really know cannabinoids. I know pot. That's about it. <laughs> and and I think that's probably just one part of it. Um, so cannabinoids is the scientific name for all the compounds that come from that cannabis plant. Okay. So that's why, uh, you know, scientifically, that's what I studied. So I call it cannabinoids. But same okay. thing, pot, weed, marijuana. You know, the marriage of wine, the chief. <laughs> Mary Jane. <laughs> yes, Mary Jane, all those names. So tell me, so tell me, Dr. Winston, how did you get involved? Like, how did you fall into studying about uh, the uh, cannabis? Okay, I would just like to say, just to give a disclaimer that yes, I am Jamaican. My father's a Rasta. But I fell into this very innocently. Okay, this was not a plan pre-birth. Irene, man, Irene. Yes. So I was in. Uh, I went to Northeastern University in Boston, and my major there was behavioral neuroscience. And so uh, when I left there, I, I went to grad school. My my goal was to just do. Um, really, my goal was to go to medical school. But when I got to my like fourth chemistry, I realized that that may not be the avenue for me. So uh, I changed my trajectory and said, I, I, I'll go and get a doctorate instead. When I um, was applying to graduate school, I was introduced to the field of cannabinoids by um, what turned out to be one of my advisors. Um, his name is Dr. Macrianis. He runs uh, his own uh, pharmaceutical company called the Center for Drug Discovery, where he makes new synthetic cannabinoid compounds. His goal is to get them um, approved for medicinal use. So that's what I studied in grad school, the medicinal benefits of novel cannabinoid agents. Hmm. So, so are we doing it right? Like, are we, are we right to be looking at this medicinally and, 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 and what, uh, what are some of the, the highlights of using it medicinally? Like, what are some of the things, can it, can it cure stuff? Can it alleviate stuff? It definitely can alleviate stuff. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it can cure anything. I don't want, you know, I don't want anybody to take that and run with it. So here's what here, let me allow me Babs to jump on my soapbox really quickly. Get on it, girl. 
The cannabinoid, the brand of the class of compounds called cannabinoids are very strong medicinal agents in certain areas. So for example, the number one thing we use now in this country for pain relief are those opioid drugs. And now, you know, all of a sudden it's like opioid crisis. Well, I don't think it's really just all of a sudden. I think it has been developing over the past 15 years where doctors are throwing these opioids at people like Skittles. Mm -hmm. And here we have another class of compounds called the cannabinoids, all right, that have a less deleterious effect on the body, that have the same and sometimes more of a medicinal value. And yes, it's a little bit more natural um, in terms of not having those negative effects. Um, and so these cannabinoids are good pain relievers. I think that we should really be looking at them to replace those opioids, so to speak, all right? Because they do have really significant analgesic properties without having those bad effects. So for example, if you are on an opiate medication for a long period of time, it could cause serious side effects such as respiratory depression. What does that mean? That means, I don't know, your chest might cave in. Just little things like that. Do you know what I mean? Where cannabinoids, we've shown this in the research, do not have those significant deleterious effects if they are taken in the appropriate route of administration. So not smoking, you know, but orally, topically, those type of things. Okay. Yeah. I, because, you know, when I when I, I had hip replacement surgery about two years ago, both hips, six months apart. And um, and leading up to that, I I was in so much pain because it was bone on bone. I was I was um, put on opioids, and I I absolutely hated them. Yeah, I, mean, I just I just absolutely hated them. So I never really took the dosage in the way that it was um, prescribed for me because I just couldn't stand it. So I took it just enough to sort of get me past the pain so I could sleep. And then yeah. after that, I wouldn't take it during the day because I just didn't like the feeling of it. And then once I once I had the surgeries, I just got off of them. And they they were so surprised that I just got off of them without any residual effects. Effects and no craving or whatever for them. And I was like, because I don't like this stuff. So yeah. they're extremely, extremely addictive compounds. Yes. That's what that's what the doctor doesn't tell you when he writes the script. He's like, here, go ahead and take it. But he's not telling you there's a large possibility that you may become addicted to this drug. That's a lot of the, that's really the majority of the way people get addicted to opioids is if they start with prescriptions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, car accidents or some something like that. It starts with that pain. It's really just trying to get um, relief from the pain. And so, the opioids are good at that, but they just have very bad side effects. Yeah. I mean, I was constipated. I was constipated so much that I had to take two constipation medicines to combat it. Uh, and I was like, see, it's it starts a sick cycle of like, you know, now you have to take drugs to deal with the side effects of the drug. Yes. You know, it's like a domino effect. That's like, I couldn't wait to get off those things. And so they wanted to get me into a study. Like, how did I, how did I just give these up so readily? And I was like, I, first of all, I don't have an addictive personality. Second of all, I just couldn't stand it. Like I, right. I just begrudged, begrudged them at every turn. I was like, oh, I hate <laughs> this. I hate this feeling. So, so talk to me about, 
can people be addicted to cannabis? Yes, people okay. can be addicted to cannabis. I also believe, though, that the addiction is tied into their lifestyle as well. Do you know what I mean? Um, so separately from being heavily addicted to opioids, I think your addiction to cannabis comes from um, yes, you can be addicted to it, but also people envelope it into their lifestyle. You know what I mean? So people wake up and if they're using recreationally, you have people that use it all day, every day. Okay. So, and so psychologically now you're, you're putting yourself in the predicament where psychologically you're thinking, oh, well, I can't do this until I engage in, in my can cannabis. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I can't do this until I smoke. Oh, no, it's better when I smoke or it's better when I have the cannabinoids. So I think that wraps up the addiction, you know, makes it a little bit more serious and a little bit more stronger mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. well. Because we do, you know, we, we have to think about and uh, I'm always like, you know, cannabis, cannabinoids, the gift and the curse. The gift are the medicinal benefits that we can get from these drugs. But the curse is we need to think about how are we as a, society as a community as medical health professionals how are we rolling out now this drug that's now become approved almost nationwide you know what I mean like how are we presenting it to um to the youth I think that's where the curse comes in because now see before now legalization you know recreationally weed was something that young people use they like it it's natural we can do it it grows from the earth you know what i mean so mm -hmm. now that it's illegal it's a free-for-all and that's yes where yeah that's that's that, that's the curse part for me that's where we need to appropriately roll this out so that kids whose brains are still growing aren't sitting there you know getting stoned out of their minds and affecting who they will become because their brains are still growing do you see what I'm saying? So yes. I think, um, you know, I, I'm happy that it is being approved for medicinal purposes and and being, um, you know, that stigma is being taken away from it. But also, I think we really need to be now more cognizant about how we are presenting this to the younger population so that they can be responsible users of it. And not just free for all. Oh, it's legal now. Yay. I mean, listen, I've had students come to my class high, like, yeah, I just, I just smoked some pot. Like they feel comfortable enough to tell me their professor. <laughs> Sorry, professor, I'm out of it. I just, I just smoked. Like, what? <laughs> wow. So yeah, yeah. So, and I heard you earlier talking about the impact of COVID on you know, our educational system. I'm right there with you, Babs. Uh, really what happened is it stopped for two years. Education stopped for it did. two years. Yeah. And, 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 and that's where kids stopped. They are there because now my freshmen are really seventh graders. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So and I think we won't know the fallout and the repercussions of the COVID effect on uh, students for a, a while i mean i think yeah. we're starting to see the I, the tip of it but i think we've got a we've got a, a i mean i think 10 years out we're gonna see how this really affected yeah. kids. we won't know till the first batch graduates from college and then <laughs> unfortunately we're gonna have to learn the hard way yeah yeah 
So, so talk to me about the uses because I, I see a lot of, uh, I'm fascinated by how people swear by topical stuff like mm-hmm. ointments on their skin. Like if you have arthritis, it's good for arthritis. If you have some other kind of thing and, you know, how do, how do, and how do people learn what is in their best interest? Well, with this class of compounds, people typically learn by just doing. But now that we have it now somewhat regulated in terms of dispensaries, now people can go and they can see what it is that they're using. Because when you go to a dispensary and you purchase a product, you have detailed um, information on the actual product. This is what's in there. These are the percentages of what's in there. So now you know what you're getting as opposed to just trusting the person you're getting. It for. Like, oh, I made this in my kitchen. Trust it. You know what I mean? Um, and yes, the topical things do work for most people. They help to alleviate the pain, alleviate spasticity, tightness in your muscles and, and joints and things of that nature. They, they do really work well for some people. Wow. And, and it's so- the levels, the levels of cannabinoids. See, there, there are hundreds of cannabinoids. But we've only really um, learned about, you know, maybe 80, 90, so to speak. But we know that that number one cannabinoid that we know about is delta-9 tetrahydrocannabinol or delta-9 THC. That's the most psychoactive. That's what gives people that high. Mm -hmm. But we also have other cannabinoids like that CBD cannabidiol. All right. That gives us that medicinal value. And it doesn't make us high. No, no, it does not make us high. So seriously, the goal really with with these compounds is medicinal compounds is to take out that psychoactive effect, but keep keep that medicinal value, keep Mm -hmm. that CBD effect going, you know, because because if you're trying to get alleviation from your glaucoma, my 93 year old grandmother, she probably doesn't want to be high. You know, she probably just (laughs) she probably just wants to alleviate the glaucoma pressure. Okay. And we, I see. we have, see, here's what people don't understand is that we have our own naturally occurring cannabinoid system in our brains, in our bodies. Oh, yes, yes. We have endogenous can, cannabinoid system. That's how these drugs are able to work with us so well. And the receptors for these cannabinoids, both endogenous and exogenous are all over our brains, our bodies, all over our brains, all over our immune systems all over our bodies, in the reproductive system, you know, in your digestive system, everywhere, in your central nervous systems, in your immune systems, these receptors for these compounds are everywhere. And so these naturally occurring cannabinoids that we have in our bodies, two main ones that are called uh, anandamide and 2-AG, 2-arachidonoglycerol, so that's a long name, so it's called 2-AG they have significant functions. So for example, if we have some kind of trauma happen in our brains, these endogenous cannabinoids are like first responders. They do have neuroprotective effects in our brain. So these are things that people don't know, but we have to look at. We have to study because this is such potential for medicinal value without having those deleterious effects like the opioid drugs do. Mm. So you could you could use this to treat um, some of that mental health 
uh, trauma that people had like bipolar and anxiety and anxiety. Definitely. Yes. Yes. Can use it without, to treat without anxiety. being high. Yes. Yes. Without being high. So take out that psychoactive effect and then we keep that medicinal value. That's the goal. Really? Mm. Yeah. Wow. And these drugs are also useful in a lot of neurological and immune system illnesses. So for example, I, I have multiple sclerosis. Oh, these drugs are really valuable in symptom treatment for multiple sclerosis as well. Things like multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's, ALS, so lupus, lupus. lupus. Yep. Lupus as well. Yeah. So, uh, so are there, are there factions of scientists working on these kinds of ho hopeful discoveries in terms of usage and for medicine and maybe uh, alleviating some of the symptoms that come along with some of these um, diseases and Ill illnesses? Absolutely. I was one of those illnesses, those scientists when I was in grad school. But yeah, absolutely. They are scientists that are working on this every day. Cannabinoid research. And so why do you why do you think it gets such a well, first of all, let me ask you this, Dr. Winston. Were you surprised at how swiftly uh they 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 allowed uh, the acceptance of 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 the of the of marijuana and pot to be sold in dispensary at first it was just you could, you could only get it medicinally but now you could just walk up to dispensers dispensaries and just get what you like yeah um I, I, i'm fascinated by that because it was so police so heavily policed for so long and people went to jail for long periods of time yeah, yeah. For and still in there of pot and still still, still in there, there. And still trying to figure out how to get them out, right? So just let them out. I think you should just let them out. Like seriously, my tax dollars are being wasted on those people that are in there for twenty years because of those mandatory minimums. Because they had, you know, a gram of weed. Mm. You just took somebody's whole life away. Yes, for something that's now legal. And you know, in some states, they are. Uh, folks who have been locked up have first opportunity or first rights to have a dispensary or have the ability to sell it legally. They had that here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how successful it's been. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't know either. Um, but um, your initial question was. Um, was am I surprised by how quickly? Yes. Uh, well, let me tell you, Babs, when I started this research, when I started grad school back in whatever, because I'm young, um, <laughs> uh, it, even within the scientific community, it was kind of a little taboo. So I would go to these conferences and I would be presenting on my research or my lab research and people would be like, hey, really? Cannabinoids? Really? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I am floored at how now it's just like, boom, all of a sudden widespread and and so popular and now we have universities that are creating uh cannabis cultivation programs you know university of new haven now has like this whole cannabis certification program i'm like oh really like i'm right here Hello. so people can people can grow their own people can learn how to grow their own and how to you know 
grow it well and and properly and all that good stuff. Wow. Yeah. I just find about that the- all fascinating. I think it's I think it's so in- interesting that so and that just shows you how America is that they went from this is a horrible, horrible situation to now this is great. Almost overnight. And I, I, I it's not lost on me that we are not the ones, people of color are not the ones benefiting wholly from from these turn of events. We're not. No. Mm-hmm. We're not. I mean, I'm a I was a cannabinoid researcher. I don't seem to be benefiting Babs, but I'm <laughs> I'm happy that the information is out there now though, that this is not such a bad class of, of compounds. And that there is something to um go up against those opioid drugs and do you find that doctors are starting to get some awareness and some education about how to prescribe these kinds of uh, 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 uh these these cannabinoids as opposed to opioids because opioids seems to be the first line of defense first thing they go to first thing they go to they're going to put you on some morphine right or the Percocets or the Percodans or the Oxys and, you know, um, I do think so. So I recently gave um, a talk to two talks at Yale, one to the faculty fellows form in addiction medicine and the other to the neuroimmunology fellows and faculty. And yeah, I, from just those talks, I see with the questions that I receive from the MDs, I see that they are taking it seriously, that they are trying to figure out how is the proper way now to now they can suggest and prescribe in these kind of compounds to their patients. Because mm-hmm. those are most of the questions that I got. Like, how do you think we should start it out? How do we know if an individual can tolerate it? Those type of questions. Those were the questions I was getting. Wow. And so when you hear those kinds of questions, that means they are really thinking about this as a, a real option. Yes, yes. And I'm excited about that because you should not be on opioids for more than maybe six months. You know, there you have people who have been on opioids for years. That's breaking your body down. Stop it. I don't know how they could, I swear to God. (laughs) (laughs) Those drugs are heavy, man. They, what? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I could not walk around all day feeling like that. Like that was not a good feeling. I, Oh my God! No, if I could, it definitely messes with your your mind. I mean, it, it definitely takes over your central nervous system. You know, you feel it when you're on one of those drugs. Yes, you do. You do. I mean, you do. And Percocets and oxycodone has been a, around for a very long time. I remember having those drugs for like you know when I had my wisdom teeth pulled and you know all that kind of stuff. I yeah, never got addicted. They're quick, they're quick too to just write that script and. And get a significant milligram dosage. And I'm just like, no. Because, you know, I think that MDs need to think about, sometimes they just write the script, but they're not thinking about the individual. Some people are genetically predisposed to addiction. Yeah. You might not want to give them the opiate script. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's interesting. Because I, I went to a whole pain management facility to talk about the level of pain that I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I guess that was part of like, if they're going to write me opioids, I had to go and, you know, and I, you know, they were like, oh, if you do this, you can't have alcohol and you can't, 
whatever, whatever. And I was like, okay, fine. But, you know, uh, I, I just, I just found it very interesting, the whole pain management component. Um, but no one talked to, talked to me about cannabinoids or anything like that. See, and that, that's what needs to change because we need to be able to present people with another option. Yeah, because there's people who just want the pain to be alleviated and not be high. Exactly. And really with the with the opioids, with those oxys and those perca, Percocets, Percodans, no matter what, you do feel a little, a little high. You know what I mean? Some people don't, but usually if you're just the average person and you've never really taken those drugs, that they're going to hit you heavy. You know what I mean? As opposed to, say, a cannabinoid drug that probably won't hit you as heavy because if we take out that psychoactive effect you're really just getting the medicinal value if anything mm. you might feel very relaxed in your body but that's what you want because you want the pain to go away mm. so and so um what do you what do you see where do you see uh medicine going in in regards to cannabinoids like like how 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 easy do you want it to be a part of society? Like what, I mean, we, we can, we can, we can almost buy stuff over the counter. <laughs> yeah, right. Listen, I went into my local gas station and you can buy products there. I don't know if I want it to be that accessible. You know what I mean? If we are really thinking about, um, like I said, rolling it out for the youth, I do want it to be like, I want the class of compounds to be respected as a medicinal agent. And I want it to be treated as such. I don't want it to be a free-for-all. Um, I don't currently have children. I have godchildren, but I don't want like my 10-year-old godchild being able to go to the gas station and purchase, you know, some some uh marijuana. I so how do we how do we have conversations with young people about I mean, I guess it's the same conversation you would have with young people about alcohol use or or any other kind of drug use. Um, how do you have these conversations? Because I, I just get the sense, Dr. Winston, I could be really wrong, but I see kids high all the time. Like I smell it. Like they yeah, walk by no, and it's like, down a, the street. it's a cloud. I yeah. pull up to cars and it is so strong. It gets into my car. Like <laughs> I got it in my car. Like, like what, like, how do we, how do we solve for X in this whole, who, who gets to use it? When do people get to use it? Do I want my school bus driver on it, right? During the business no. hours? No. Do I want, you know, the nurse who is administering care to me to be on something? Like, I, where are we going with it? How do we, how do we, I mean, we've, we've opened the gate. How do we sort of close the gate or do we ever close the gate now? Well, now I think that we're a little past closing the gate because I think that we open the floodgates and just, rah, you know what I mean? I think now we need to try to scale back and have some order to the chaos. You know, I, I think that people got really excited at first and I was like, yes, finally, you know, because they wanted this for so long. But now I really think we need to start that conversation in schools. We need to educate young people on the real benefits and the real negatives, the positives and the negatives of these drugs. And more importantly, we need to educate them on root of administration because I think that's one of the big 
big downfalls is that the majority of young people, the way in which they ingest their cannabis, their marijuana is through smoking. Yeah. And so because of that, what we're going to see moving forward are more um, cardiac issues, more, you know, lung issues, things related to that situation. And so we really need to be thinking about um, how are we going to properly educate now people going forward on those things so that they can make more informed decisions about their use of cannabinoids. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so do you think that, uh, you know, Dr. Winston, people who are, who are like, you know, doing this at work, maybe not the, maybe not the stuff that gets you high, but the other stuff. I mean, do you think we go back to policing people with, you know, when and where they could use it and, I think that if you're using a CBD agent, that you're okay. I don't think that it's affecting your psyche where you cannot think at work. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean out there, people listening, that you double, triple up. That's not what I said. You know, maintain your regular dose. Okay. So don't don't do the mile thing because I gave you an inch. (laughs) (laughs) But I do think that if people are engaging in the psychoactive component, that they should should do that like they drink you know what I mean like like you wouldn't drink on your job right exactly. like you drink like you're not to gonna, your desk exactly you're not going to drink a fifth before you go into work you should not you know what I mean save it for your wind down before you go to sleep at night hmm. like just be realistic about it you know because listen when you are um when you are high with the psychoactive component that THC no you're not thinking as clearly as you would if you weren't just let's be honest, you know? And so I think they should approach it the way that, uh, like alcohol, even though I have my own issues with the way we approach alcohol in this country too, because it's one of the most horrible drugs, but we have whole stores devoted to it. <laughs> we, we do. Listen, we do. those alcohol commercials, I tell my students, I'd be like, listen, you see those Bacardi commercials? I want to be on the boat on the beach too. Yeah. Yes. They are enticing. That's the point. If we can Although get... I've not seen, I've not seen um branded marijuana cannabinoid. Yeah, not yet. yet. Not yet. I'm hoping we don't get there. I'm hoping that we really just try to maximize the medicinal. Listen, if we really America does this properly and really just take it for the medicinal value of it, we could be replacing a deleterious class of compounds called those opioids that are causing our society a whole lot of problems right now yeah that's the way people need to think about it i think i don't know i don't i I, i'm not sure america will do what's right no probably not (laughs) i i know there's somebody chopping at the bit some company that is chopping at the bit to put out an ad saying this particular brand or product or whatever i feel like that's i feel like it's already in process in progress yeah I, I think so because I, I and I you know I'm way older than you Professor Winston but when I was a kid I remember cigarette commercials oh yeah I remember you know. those cigarette commercials do you remember when you would get on the plane and people would just love and we'll be smoking yes yes <laughs> remember the smoking section in restaurants I mean people told yes. me wow I didn't experience that myself because I'm young but I'm just saying <laughs> no I remember smoking sections in in restaurants and Oh my God. So now, so now I feel like, 
you know, history repeats itself, but in different ways. Now I'm thinking, are we going to have that now in the future? But now with marijuana, are people going to be like hitting their, you know, their, uh, their pipes and, and their uh, pens in the restaurant? Can I sit in the smoking section? Wow. wow. I hope that'd, that'd be a little too much. It would be, be a lot. It would be a lot. be a little too much. Well, I, I so appreciate this conversation. You have shed some light on some things for me. So now I'm going to, now I feel like I could confidently go in and, and look at some, some, some medicinal things. Yes, um, yes, you can do. They have edibles, they have the creams, they have topicals, tinctures, everything. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to do a little shopping. I, I mean, I've tried some things. <laughs> I've tried some edibles because there's a whole farm somewhere that I bought stuff from, which I was quite pleased. Um, And I was like, oh, okay, this is what this is like. And a friend of mine sent me when I was having some, uh, when I was initially having joint pain, they sent me some topical cream stuff to to use. And I was like, all right. Yeah, the cream works. Listen, if you use it properly, it works for what you're using it for. It is okay. it's a good medicinal agent. We take out that psychoactivity. This is a good medicinal um drug. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Professor Keisha Winston. I want you to come back because I I know there's more to talk about. I would love to come back. This has been so much fun. I want you to come back and talk more about this because I think one show is just not enough. I think, and I know people are going to call me and ask about this. So, so I, I want I want to have another show. So let's yeah, do a let's, call show. Yes, let's do it. Let's do All it. Right. So, all right, my dear. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, everybody. This is uh, Professor Keisha Winston at uh, University of New Haven. And uh, I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay, Harry Drills. Thank you very much. I hope you learned a thing or two. <laughs> I will see you soon, Dr. Winston. Yeah, I'll see you. See you at the hair salon. I will.
Feeling to the wheels keep spinning 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 to the wheels ke